Dr. Dr. Peter Michalos, <laughs> our in-house genius at uh, WABC, and uh, keeping keeping millions of people alive that, of our listeners. And you know, you know why we're increasing listeners? They listen to Dr. Michalos, and nobody dies. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what's 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 the tip of the day that we're, we're going to live to be a hundred and ten? Well, uh, well, the first thing is eat less and uh, intermittent fasting only between noon and eight. But today I just wanted to follow up and talk about uh, my experiences working on Rikers Island when I was a young student paying back my medical school loans. And I just wanted to talk about how uncompassionate uh, the current bail reform is right now. And a lot of these problems started back with Governor Kerry when he started closing the inpatient psychiatric hospitals. And the reality is that... Uh, the street drugs are better than the current prescription drugs and the treatment programs. And that's one of the problems that nobody really talks about because they just don't uh, work as well. And one of the suggestions I had with Rikers Island, in addition to um, having the uh, a hospital that would be inpatient and outpatient right on Rikers Island, it's also to have the court system right there on Rikers Island where inmates now sometimes have to, you have to get two offices, you have to chain them, shackle them, transporting them. And they're complaining about shortages of staff at Rikers, it would solve it overnight. That's absolutely right, doctor. The court. Absolutely correct. Yeah, you, we, we waste so many resources, millions of dollars transporting people back and forth just for an appearance ticket, for example, or, or just a brief visit where they can just walk over to another building. It doesn't have to be anything exotic or fancy. It could be also a drug court as well, because that's another big problem with the Rikers population. In addition, uh, what they're doing, and for example, in Suffolk County, the amazing job that Sheriff Toulon does is also giving people technical training. There's a lot of room on Rikers, and one of the buildings could also be a technical school where people can get carpentry skills, auto mechanic skills, and even have a handyman certificate program to make people employable when they exit. And that's happening actually in Suffolk County, and we should be doing that inside Rikers. Closing Rikers and spreading it out into communities will destroy those communities. It's one of, it's one of the worst ideas ever to come out of the progressive left. You have, yeah, you have no, the land, absolutely. you have the buildings, you have the facilities. You're absolutely right. And you can give them integrated vertical no services. Judge uh, Lippman, Lippman, a nice man, smart man, but in this particular case, he's 110% wrong. And we debated him on this on this show, in Cats at Night, and we pointed out to Jonathan why he was wrong. Because you have to have Integrated services. You also have a security problem, doctor, when you're moving people back and forth. Not just the expense, but and the security. And we have the other thing we said to uh, Eric Adams and to Frank Caron, his chief of staff, uh, is maybe we should have a courthouse at Rikers Island. You guys are making too much sense. Yeah. You got to stop that. Well, stop with the common been sense. That a long time stop. Too. We only want and stupid, local. radical ideas that embolden uh, our run, adversaries. Run for the let city me, council. No, 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 let me call the White Stop House. This, this <laughs> call the White House. We need some stupid... Uh, Stop but doctor, we need stupid ideas. We got Curtis Lima here. Come on, Curtis. Come doctor, I'm the, on. I'm the only person here in this room who's actually been locked up on Rikers Island a few times. <laughs> and you earned it. And you earned but it. But I, I remember that the medical staff would always be left alone because the inmates understood the medical staff... Uh, sometimes it was a life-saving device for them. Now when I talk to doctors and nurses on Rikers Island, they're terrified of the inmates so that they can't provide adequate medical care for them. Some of them who have had uh, Omicron, you know, have had uh, uh, COVID-19, and now you have this uh, new uh, variant that's out. I'm wondering 
how do you get control of the of the the medical health of the inmates when in fact the inmates control the asylum they control the correctional officers no longer control Rikers Island it's controlled by the gangs because you need a uh, proper staffing is very important and and uh, another thing that well you guys touched upon earlier was why the police uh, congregate because they're afraid they're afraid of being ambushed and one of the things that uh, we can get out is one of the things that they used to do back in Rikers. We never had an issue with I can't breathe. Why? Because they never put anybody face down. They used to have a one foot zip tie. And when you arrest somebody and you put them down, you put that one zip tie on the ankles and you put people on their side. And you'll never, ever have another incident where somebody can't breathe or will die because a lot of these people are on drugs and people on fentanyl already have a breathing problem. So that's a trick that uh, that if people started doing in New York when they arrest people, because now people are afraid that they can't use certain holds or restraints. So what they used to do, and I saw it very effectively when an inmate want, refused to move from one cell to another, they used to have this one. The reason people put people face down, because on their back, they can kick you and the strongest muscles in the body are the leg muscles. And you can really hurt somebody if you kick them. But once you put that zip tie on, you lie them on the side. I guarantee you that you will never have another I can't breathe incident again in this country. It's a very simple and it costs 25 cents to do. So if anybody's listening out there who has the authority to do that, then officers won't be as afraid to try to arrest somebody or put them down because you're going to lose your pension. You're going to be accused of uh, some uh, restraint. Meanwhile, Dr. Mikolos, stop with the good ideas. You have to stop. (laughs) These are some brilliant, cost-effective, great ideas, and they don't want to hear them. Now, Doctor, doctor, we're seeing uh, scenes like we've never seen before from mainland China. Shanghai, a city of 25 million in total lockdown. People are fighting now, the police, the uh, authorities. And did you see they're killing their pets, too? Yes. They're gathering up all their cats and dogs and just killing them. How can they? Yes. Why do they do that? The reason they do that, the same thing in California, they do lockdowns based on number of ICU beds. Why does New Zealand lock down? Because in socialized medicine, they have one bed for every half a million people. So it would expose the weaknesses of the socialized medicine systems. If you let people out, there'd be people dying in the streets and outside hospitals. So the only way they can handle it because it exposes the weakness of socialized medicine is lock everybody down. Then people aren't going to be flooding the hospitals and it'll look really bad for any country, whether it's China or New Zealand or even England, they go into radical lockdowns and they just keep following and tracking the number of people who are getting sick. And that's why it's really done, because it exposes, you know, people think China's communist. They don't have a health care system. If you don't have money, you die. If you need dialysis, you die. There's no there's no uh, public system. Look it up. Doctor, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. And I want to ask you, do you know about that uh, political fight that's now going on between uh, the FDA and the, the Centers for Medicare and Medicare uh, Compliance, where they, that center is now second-guessing the FDA in terms of the Alzheimer drugs. Are you aware of that? Yeah, there's constant conflict because they're looking at the uh, data, and a lot of times they don't really want to pay for any of it. And the reality is that a lot of these drugs help a little bit, but none of them are doing a great job. The real way to address these problems is to address aging as a disease. And when we can do things to slow our aging down, you'll see less Alzheimer's, less cardiovascular disease. And that's what countries that are addressing aging more as a disease, that's the only way to actually address these problems and and decrease them. 
And uh, that's why these uh, a lot of these drugs right now, we don't really have anything great. The interesting thing is there are vaccines being worked on. Actually, Peter Diamandis, the guy who started the X Prize and came out with his new book, Life Force, with Tony Robbins, they're actually working on a vaccine to attack these misfolded proteins that are involved in Alzheimer's. Wouldn't it be great if we could have vaccines? And that's one of the things that might come out that's good out of the mRNA. When uh, John and I were at an event where our, our Albert Borla was honored, he mentioned that within the next two, three years, there could be vaccines even for breast cancer and pancreatic cancer. And actually, they could be an Alzheimer's vaccine, too, in the next few years. So a lot of great things happening, and hopefully we won't have these controversies about these drugs that work sort of so-so. Peter, Dr. Peter Michaloso, stay on the phone. Uh, We have a good friend of ours on. Uh, We have uh, Rabbi uh, uh, Potashnik. Why don't we play some Rabbi Nagilia for for Yeah, but it's uh, it's Passover. Rabbi... Uh, Rabbi, uh, Hi, thank you for coming on and happy Passover. And but we're, me and you are not having a happy Passover because we lost a good friend of ours, and, and he's also a friend, a good friend of Dr. Michalos and good friend of Judge Weinberg that's here right now. Uh, tell us about our, our friend that we lost yesterday, and- Charlie Temple. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for remembering Charlie Temple. Thank you to all of you. You know, we often say that. Uh, Everyone is, no one is irreplaceable. Everybody's replaceable. That's not true. You don't replace many people who are very special to us. Charles, one of those individuals who was a proud Jew and stood up for his people, stood up for all people, uh, tremendous backbone. Uh, his mother is a Holocaust survivor uh, and taken from us suddenly. Uh, so here we are when families celebrate together, being together, and now we're looking at the loss and an empty chair. Uh, so to speak, at the Seder table. Well, Charlie, Rabbi, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Charlie was just yeah. a remarkable, remarkable guy. He had this ability to bring people of all races and religions together. He was a bridge builder. He made this uh, this city and this country a far better place. When you lose people like like Charlie, you lo- really lose some of the best uh, that we have in this life. You know what I find very often, Judge, that when people proudly stand up for their own, they also recognize the need to stand up for others as well. Uh, so Charlie, I remember being with him once at the Polish consulate, and he was talking about the horrors uh, that his family had endured during the Holocaust. And I'm a child of survivors, and I could relate to those stories. But he had no problem talking about our responsibility, the moral mandate we have to make sure that never again doesn't have a question mark after it, it has an exclamation mark. And he was visible and vocal at all the different events. You would see him marching in the Salute to Israel parade. But he was very comfortable marching in parades, celebrating other heritage. John, you know, he'd be very good with the Greek Orthodox. He, he was a great man. I mean, I, yeah, when you, yeah. you called me yesterday afternoon to tell me, I had tears in my eyes, I tell you. Yeah, we're brokenhearted about Charlie. He, he, he used to have breakfast with us uh, every Saturday. Every Saturday in, in the Hamptons. Along with Dr. Michalos. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Remarkable, remarkable person. I would see him at the the PAL luncheons, and uh, John, he came there because he supported the cause, but he also was very comfortable being with all of you. When you walk into that room and you see all these different representatives of the many faiths and say, here we are, here comes everybody, we're all one family, and Charlie was a representative of that spirit. And Again, we're going to miss him. He's a big loss for for the community. Dr. Michalos, uh, you knew uh, Charlie Timmel very well. Anything to say? 
Did we lose uh, Dr. Mihalos? He, he was a gentleman. Yes. He was a gentleman, and he was very knowledgeable, and he would always update us and educate us on uh, different issues around the world with uh, Jewish and Christian persecution. And he uh, always had some very interesting historical information and would refresh our memories. And uh, I always said with Charlie was around, he always reminded us to remember our past to protect the future. And uh, we're all going to miss Charlie at our Saturday morning breakfast and uh, our condolences. You know, as I'm listening, John and Dr. Judge, I, you know, with the Seder table, we taste the bitter herbs, but we have a responsibility also to take a sweet mixture of the, you know, the wine, the apples and nuts and combine it with the, uh, the bitter herbs. Because what we say is that life is not all bitter. It's not all sweet. It's bittersweet. And I think when we reflect on the life of Charlie Tamil, we recognize, yes, today we taste the bitterness. But looking at all he did, he did more in the years given to him than some people do in many more years. Uh, there was a lot of sweetness as well. So it's a bittersweet moment. Rabbi, it's almost like you're a rabbi or something. How beautifully you speak. <laughs> well, you know, you can listen. You can listen to the rabbi every Sunday morning if you need a little bit of religion between Rabbi Potashnik and A.R. Bernard at 7 o'clock every Sunday morning. Right after Curtis. Yeah. Curtis ends at six. And they're also funny. That show's also funny. I listen Judge to it. Judge Weinberg is on. I'm on. I'm on don't you're forget on me. I'm six on six to seven, seven Judge Weinberg. Six, and then right. we have Rabbi Potashnik, and then we have somebody else called Cat's Roundtable after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the warm-up for Cat's Roundtable. But, you know, John. Keep up the ratings. Otherwise, you know, you, you make my life miserable. <laughs> but let me tell you something, John. Look what you've done. You've taken the radio station to a different level where you have have all this diverse programming. So you can tune in and say, I'm learning on this program. I'm learning on that. This I agree with. This I don't agree with. There's room for everything. If you need religion, you talk to, to Rabbi Potashnik. If you need <laughs> right. to, to live to be 100, you listen to Dr. Peter Michalos. All right. But you can have both, right? You Dr. can have both. Religious, you can Moses lived to 120 with inflation today. That'll probably be 135. For sure. But Biden is not going to tell us that Putin did that. <laughs> it's the Jewish people that did 120. So wait a minute. Are you telling me, John, it's a non-Jewish doctor that's coming out with these uh, inventions here? Uh, He's Greek. Dr. Michalow's response. He's Greek. He's Greek. Tell me how many Greek well, doctors orthodox, came up with he miracles. Orthodox. He's orthodox. <laughs> <laughs> Well, All right. This Papa is Nicolau, uh, the Pap smear test saved millions of lives, and the guy never even got a Nobel Prize or a Presidential Medal of Freedom, but millions of people were saved by uh, that simple one Pap smear test. Yeah, but we have a few. And, we have a few and, Greek and, Jews that both of you can agree on. Yeah, <laughs> we, Albert Borla we, is a Greek Jew from the Saloniki, and uh, yeah. he. He uh, he came out uh, with the vaccine. He's the one who put the team together. It would have never happened. And he just wrote a book named Moonshot. And it's an amazing story on how within a year we had a COVID vaccine. And also we have uh, people like uh, George Yankopoulos at Regeneron who came out with the monoclonal antibody that was used in COVID and Ebola. And Dr. George Skangos is the one with the Eli Lilly antibody that's currently being used against the Omicron and subvariant in, from California from Beer Pharma. So we have all these great uh, immigrants from all parts of the world. That's what makes America great, the diversity of all the religions. If I were in charge, I'd start a new religion called Budo Judo Chrislam. 
and the best of Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Islam, and get everybody to work together. Well, Where do I, I sign up? Well, I think all religions have a core belief that we believe in a higher power and whether whatever you want to call it, and that most people are inherently good, yeah. right? Well, we have, we have different locals in one serve. union. Yeah, many locals, but we're all together in that union. And do so, unto others as you would have do unto. Yeah, yeah. I think if you look at the basic moral core of, the, of our all of our faiths, there's a proverb: God has made one blood of the human family. We're all family. We all have the uh, birth certificate that says we're children of God. So we are related to one another. So not at, you, not you're, not you're not sister. question marks or not and bond yes. pansexual. Uh, well, that's my uh, you know my connection is going bad here. Let's go. Let's go. Enough of that. We're supposed to we're supposed to have the Attorney General of Florida calling in at the five o'clock show. Let's see if we ever get her on. The fact is, is it child abuse when an adult takes five year old kids and pushes them to doing stupid things? But I want to thank you, Rabbi Potashnik. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. Happy yeah, Passover. Thanks for giving us a voice. And thank you. Thank you. And Dr. Mihalos, thank you for everything you do. And uh, we'll catch up again real soon, maybe tonight at the 5 o'clock show. You never know. Thank you, thanks Dr. Thanks for bringing diversity to the table. Uh, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> thanks for getting the truth out. Thank you. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.